episode of Apostate Coffee Talk is brought to you by Apostate Coffee. Brew a damn good life from the coffee grounds up. As a Mormon, you were guilted, shamed, deceived into believing coffee was a sin. Then your eyes were opened and you experienced the sinfully delicious beverage and the choice became yours. You wondered how you ever functioned or lived without coffee. Now it's not just about drinking coffee. It's about drinking damn good coffee. Stop wasting time with subpar burnt sludge. Visit apostatecoffee.com and brew a cup of damnation today. Welcome to the third podcast of Apostate Coffee Talk. My name is Liz, sassy, classy, and a bit smartassy, living and loving life on my own terms. Today, we're going to look back at a podcast episode that I recorded over a year and a half ago. This would be in March of 2018. Wow, time sure flies, doesn't it? And um, it was so good that when I stumbled upon it, I thought to myself, you know what, I'm going to have that as my third episode. Um, it is so, so concise and so well put together, and it's my voice doing it, so I thought, why not? This might not be the reason that I left Mormonism, but it certainly is the reason why I stay away why I treat the church like the plague. Because to me, there are times where Mormonism can appear glamorous. Like they have all the answers and you know what? It's super comforting. And then I have to be reminded why I left and why I stay away. So this podcast is an excellent way for me to do that. Because it shows that the church as a corporation is still very toxic to women because there is no eternal progression for a woman. This kind of quasi quote doctrine of a heavenly mother seems so satisfying to like feel free to talk about yet you're not free to talk about. And so I don't particularly like it, but um, it's just that this once you start thinking things through a few more steps, you start to go, oh, okay, this is all bullshit. So where is my heavenly mother? Oh, yeah, she's a plural wife, which you know what, in heaven, in the highest degree of glory, supposedly, polygamy is going to be honored. And it's going to be this common knowledge. And it's something that if that really exists, I don't actually want to be there. It's not going to be my heaven, and it's certainly not going to be a place that I want to continue living there. So, you know, we settle on this idea of heavenly parents and, quote, God says heavenly mother is so very sacred, right? But what does that really mean? To be cut off, to be absent, to be hidden from my children's lives. So it begs the question, um, if God requires that he is worshipped, because he does require it, um, is he not sacred then? Like, think about it. Use the same logic both ways. So, um, 
Before I get into it, why am I, or anyone else for that matter, required to look at a man and go to a man to give me access to a heavenly feminine parent, which is supposed to be the spouse, a loving companion to God? I don't need permission to access any type of deity that is feminine and I respond to. So with that, here is my episode about Heavenly Mother. I hope you enjoy. After my faith transition tipping point, you know that point you get to that you couldn't even go back to believing in the truth claims of the LDS Church, even if you wanted to? Well, I started to delve into the concept of a mother in heaven. I'm ashamed to really admit that I didn't give her much thought, if any, during my active years, and there were 33 of them to choose from. I was too busy knowing what I believed I knew and thinking I was better than everyone else because they didn't know what I knew. Difficult not to think about how idiotic I was. Oh well. In order to really appreciate my evolving viewpoint, there are a few things that I need you to know about me. First, I have always hated, really loathed polygamy. It was a disgusting practice that I never believed in. I knew it was a part of the past, but was unaware of the facts surrounding it. I was blind to the truth because I didn't want to see it. I wrongly believed that I didn't have to deal with the idea of my husband taking another wife because it wasn't relevant or even an option right now in this life. I made it clear to my husband that I married him because he was the only one I wanted, and I fully expected him to feel the same. None of this polygamy in heaven bullshit. I remember when I started to feel how unfair and patriarchal it was that men can be sealed to more than one woman. But a woman had to get a temple ceiling broken in order to remarry, in every single instance. To be forced to make this decision has overreaching implications that can tear families apart, especially if you really believe in the eternities. Secondly, that I've always wanted kids, but I always wanted to be somebody, to do something with my life. I wanted my legacy to be because of me and my contributions. I wanted to contribute to this world that we live in, to make it a better place. I wanted to matter and be important and fulfill my own dreams, not just grow up and create kids that grow up and in turn make more kids. Women have great potential, not just in rearing and raising children, but separate and in addition to being a great mother. It's a great example to show your kids that you matter and you grow up and do things with your life. In young women's, the focus is on being pure and perfect and getting ready to be a wife and mother. There is virtually zero emphasis on being a great woman in and of itself. It's always in relation to being a mom and a wife, and that bothered me. Men were instructed on how they contributed to society and would make a difference in the lives of humanity, but a woman would only contribute through her children? So I was only to raise boys that would make a world a better place and then raise girls who would only contribute by raising more children? Really? What the fuck? 
My only value was in popping out children and making sure that they knew their gender-specific roles in the world and throughout the eternities. Yippee. Lastly, when children did come and it took us six years of infertility and tears, the thought of not being there for them was unthinkable. My husband joined the Navy as an officer and was deployed a few times during his years of service. I want to say this respectfully. I would not be a good military candidate. I know that we need to do what's necessary as parents, but the gut-wrenching heartache to not see my children daily would be too much to bear. My desire to be there to comfort and guide them in their daily lives is very strong. Yes, you need a father, you need, well, you don't have to have a father, but you don't want to take that away from the father. I just want to be there for my kids in my own right. And whether it's taught or a natural desire of women to nurture our children, it is super important to me to be an integral part of my children's lives. So to recap, one, polygamy was a hot button for me and I didn't think it affected me or that I had a choice in participation or not. Number two, women can do more than just raise children. We are amazing in and of ourselves and we can do it all. Three, the thought of being absent from my children's lives is an unthinkable nightmare. Okay, so now that we got that. With this information, let's consider a vital communication from the corporate LDS church given on September 23rd, 1995, which is the family, a proclamation to the world. While I am going to review this proclamation, I will be referencing a few other items as well. Namely, the Mother in Heaven essay on LDS.org, LDS scriptures, and of course the family proclamation. You can see the show notes for links to those references. To be clear, this family proclamation is official doctrine and it is written and endorsed by the First Presidency in the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, which is an important note to remember. Now, as an aside, just because it is official, quote, doesn't mean you have to believe it. It could just be official shit, but shit nonetheless. So the proclamation starts by insisting that, quote, marriage between a man and a woman is ordained of God and that family is central to the creator's plan for the eternal destiny of his children. So apparently the LDS leaders conveniently forgot that previous prophets received contrary revelations directly from God and tried to legally change the definition of marriage from a man and a woman to a man and a woman and a woman and a woman and a woman until their heart's desire. Women just added to the glory of men. Just remember that polygamy, even though current leaders still insist that it is not doctrinal, President Hinckley, for instance, enter my eye roll now, and not practiced, just look at the temple ceilings still being done today. My mom will be an eternal polygamist. She needed to break the seal with my dad to get resealed, but her current husband just added another woman without batting an eye. So God has a plan for us. The second paragraph of the family proclamation reads, All human beings, male and female, are created in the image of God. Each is a beloved spirit, son or daughter of heavenly parents, and as such, each has a divine nature and destiny. 
Gender is an essential characteristic of individual, premortal, mortal, and eternal identity and purpose. Okay, the big takeaway here is that we have heavenly parents, meaning a mother and a father, and that we have a purpose in our gender. We all know that doctrinally, we will be able to become gods and goddesses in the life to come. So, our eternal identity indicates men will become gods and fathers in heaven. Women will become goddesses. Well, not on our own. We need a man in order to get into heaven. Anyways, so we become goddesses and we become mothers in heaven. I went to the topical guide section of LDS.org and looked under man, potential to become like Heavenly Father, to further research the divine nature and destiny of each of us. More than a few things made me irritated with this. No scriptural reference was about women, only men. And the idea is to become like Heavenly Father, but nowhere about becoming like Heavenly Mother. The popular response to this is that man didn't mean male, but rather mankind, which would include everyone. Two problems with that. One, I can't become like a Heavenly Father because I am a woman, and gender has its own specific purposes, as we will get um, more into that soon. And two, back when the scriptures were written or revised or whatever, women didn't really count. We were literally just property, things to own, sell, whatever. So changing the meaning of the words just to make it easier to swallow means that God really isn't the same yesterday, today, or tomorrow. Or he would have just said so in the first place. If not, he didn't correct it for thousands of years. What a bastard. Paragraph 3 states that we will, quote, progress and realize his or her divine destiny and family relationships to be perpetuated beyond the grave. Okay, so paragraph 4 is all about getting busy and procreating, the practice of which is really fun. So, we are to be parents on earth and then parents in heaven. The concepts of family and divine destiny are used significantly in the the text of the proclamation. So it's very important to notice that. Paragraph 7 explains that, quote, By divine design, fathers are to preside over their families in love and righteousness and are responsible to provide the necessities of life and protection for their families. Mothers are primarily responsible for the nurture of their children. Okay, that's the end quote. That is verbatim. Let's just break this down. Many mothers that I know in this life that are Mormons specifically choose to stay home and raise their young children because they feel very strongly the importance of being present in their children's lives. Nobody can argue with that. There's nothing wrong with it. And I completely agree. I did the same for my family. I wanted to be with my kids, especially when they were young. So husbands and fathers are supposed to preside and provide. Wives and mothers are supposed to nurture. This is our eternal divine role. So remember this. That is doctrinal. It is our divine eternal role to nurture our children. So before we go inside the temple, let's talk about procreation. The idea that we're divinely called to multiply and replenish the earth. That this sacred power is to be employed only between a man and woman. 
That's vital. Okay? So now let's take you inside the temple. If you have not been, just look up New Name Noah and you can see all the shit that goes on inside. And yes, they are true and real. It's creepy and culty and nothing good happens inside those walls, no matter how beautiful and ornate or how much money was spent to make it gorgeous. Okay, so back to procreation. Now I'm going to reference the Mother in Heaven essay on LDS.org. The opening paragraph dictates that the understanding of heavenly parents and a heavenly mother is rooted in scripture. So for me, roots indicate something with stability and strength, like you can count on that in any storm of thought. However, the scriptures they referenced as footnotes, and no faithful person reads those, they just feel safe and secure thinking that there are references. Okay, every scripture, every lesson, every bit of information from lessons to temple teachings, get this, creation of people, humans, mankind, was carried out by only males. Females and women were not involved in the creation of the world, creating mankind, or anything involved in the creation narrative. I find that more than a little disturbing. If you read... If you need further researching on this fact, and it is a fact, look no further than LDS referenced Mother in Heaven essay on LDS.org. The essay was approved by the First Presidency and Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. And remember, that was very important to know about the family proclamation. Okay, so in Moses 2.26, quote, God said, Mine only begotten Son, which we know is a man, which was with me from the beginning. Let us make man, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And it was so. Two dudes creating a person. Then the two dudes make a woman. No female needed in this procreation story. So why is it essential that the sacred powers be only between a man and a woman? Or the family proclamation is a fraud and not actually mandated by God? since God doesn't actually follow his own rules. Now, the temple endowment depicts three beings speaking in heaven about the creation of man upon the earth. Again, dudes only. Elohim, which is God the Father, Jehovah, which is Jesus Christ, and Michael, who then in turn becomes Adam. This is what they say. Quote, Elohim says to Jesus and Adam, Jehovah, Michael, Let us go down and form man in our own likeness and in our own image, male and female, and put into them their spirits, and let us give them dominion over all things on the face of the earth. The film then depicts Elohim and Jehovah on the earth, with Elohim saying to Jehovah, Jehovah, see the earth that we have formed. There is no man to till and take care of it. We are here to form man in our own likeness and in our own image. Jehovah then says, We will do so, Elohim. The endowment goes on to say that both Elohim and Jehovah put the breath of life into Adam, and then they both create Eve. No mention of any female, any woman helping to create anything. Now, you can say, oh, well, maybe they just meant it. Well, why didn't they just say it? So again, in the most holy of holy places where God could and should teach his most correct doctrine, 
There's no woman involved in creation. Is God living his own central plan? Does he have a wife in heaven for us to call mother? And if he is following his own plan, and we do have a mother in heaven, why is she hidden from us? Are we to live on this earth with the primary purpose to nurture our children, and then when we have spirit children that we send to in earth, we should be absent from their lives? Are we to be invisible and kept away from our own children? This makes me feel like we are just spirit baby-making machines with no interaction with our children. Sounds like hell to me. And then to make the matter way worse... If a man can have more than one wife on this earth and in the eternities, and technically should because the prophets in the early church taught it was the only way to eternal progression, does that mean that God is polygamous? Do we have more than one mother in heaven? Okay, that sounds like eternal damnation and hell to me. So mother in heaven is either one, non-existent, which would scare the tar out of every woman who is being honest with herself, because if she doesn't exist, then what is our purpose? Who do we emulate? Or two, mother in heaven is being abused by her husband, our supposed loving father in heaven, by keeping her away from her children. What kind of sadistic person gains pleasure from keeping a mother and child apart? And why do we worship someone so infinitely awful? Or, three, mother in heaven is just one of many wives, and pulling the veil open to see the grotesque truth would prevent any wonderful non-masochist woman to keep the hell out of the LDS church. The best option is that she is non-existent, but that would mean gender has no meaning, And divine roles and purpose are man-made ways to keep women down and at the mercy of those men. All outcomes just make me madder than a hornet. Mormon women love to think such beautiful thoughts of a loving mother in heaven, being protected by our Heavenly Father. But these women don't take the thought a few steps farther, because that would burst their sweet bubble and then the purpose they have been living is viewed as untrue, and they see how they have allowed themselves to be damaged by men. Men go to the temple, and they see their entire purpose and plan laid out in front of them. Women go to the temple and see nothing. We are being raised to not matter in the eternities. Let me say that again. We are being raised to not matter in the eternities to be kept locked away for the use of a controlling and manipulative, abusive spouse to have zero input in anything that matters. No, thank you. I reject this idea and pronounce myself divine on my own account. No church or religion or dogma needed. This... 